Hi there, and welcome to another Osler podcast. My name's Todd Fraser. When patients present to the emergency department with dysrhythmias, it is sometimes necessary to restore sinus rhythm in a process known as cardioversion. Dr. Eleni Salakadu is an emergency physician from the Heraklion University Hospital in Crete, Greece, and she joins me to share her tips on the process. Eleni, welcome to the podcast. I'm very, very happy to be here and honoured. Eleni, when you're seeing somebody with a dysrhythmia in the emergency department, how do you make the decision whether or not to cardiovert them in the emergency department? Uh, well, uh, the the decision is actually um, pretty easy, meaning that the main question I, I ask myself, I ask myself two questions. Uh, the one question I, is, is this the patient hemodynamically stable or not? And the other question is, is the dysrhythmia the reason for the instability or is the instability the reason for the dysrhythmia? So an unstable patient that uh, is unstable because of the dysrhythmia is a patient that I would like to cardiovert. What are some of the, the um, critical steps in safely performing a cardioversion electrically in somebody who's got a perfusing rhythm? Um, okay, so the, um, the main thing to keep in mind is that this uh, is a procedure so we need to respect it as one and we need to do it to our uh, high equity uh, care setting. So uh, depending on where we work and what kind of resources we have, uh, if we're in a, in a big AD organized in a hospital, then we will go to our resuscitation area and have our personnel and all the, all the equipment that is there. If we don't have that kind of setting, uh, then we will definitely need um, uh, somebody to help us, a nurse or another doctor or physician, whoever we have there. We will need, uh, of course, the defibrillator and a monitor that would be monitoring uh, our, our heart, the patient's heart rhythm, oxygen saturation. Um, and if we have capnography, that's even better because we need that for the sedation. Uh, we will need, of course, oxygen requirements and we will need our uh, crash cart, uh, airway equipment and everything if things go uh, wrong. Uh, regarding the technical aspect is that we want to look at our monitor and be sure that uh, our defibrillator is syncing. We want to be sure that we're in the sync mode. We want to be sure that it's syncing only our waves and then um, do the cardioversion. Um, one of the challenges that people have when confronted with sort of this sort of scenario is uh, sedation and what is required in a potentially unstable patient. How do you go about managing them? Uh, well, uh, if uh, unless the patient is really in extremis and really pre-arrest, so we're losing him in front of our eyes, in which case I guess he will uh, <laughs> forgive us for giving him some electricity and he might not even remember. Well, unless that is the case, uh, then we will need to give something. And the important thing is to, uh, depending on uh, how uh, familiar we are with sedation, because I come from a country uh, which is not familiar with emergency medicine. <laughs> so physicians, many physicians are not familiar with uh, procedural sedation that well. So it's important to do to use agents that we are familiar with. And it is important to use small doses 
and um, showed acting factors. So what we, uh, for example, we usually we do a bit of fentanyl for uh, the um, uh, pain and uh, a bit of midazolam. Uh, that's what, how we go. But we could also do with ketamine, if you're uh, familiar with that, uh, depending on how good you know the drug, that, that would also be fine. And should, I guess, uh, um, stay away from agents that cause that uh, cause more hemodynamic instability, like propofol, for example, which drops the pressure. Eleni, one of the other challenges that crop up is an unknown duration of the arrhythmia, for example, atrial fibrillation. What are the risks associated with defibrillating somebody with atrial fibrillation when we don't know the duration of the, the event? Uh, well, that, that the, the, the main risk is um, causing uh, thrombosis if the patient is not anticoagulated. Uh, so uh, it's best not to do it when we don't know the duration. It's, it's a whole uh, other chapter, uh, atrial fibrillation, and there's a lot of talk and a lot of research on that. Uh, what I would say is that I would uh, avoid uh, defibrillating it uh, when, if I'm not sure about the duration. And also many times, especially in older patients, uh, this is the case where we said it's the opposite, that it's an inst the instability that causes the dysrhythmia. So many times these patients with rapid atrial fibrillation that are unstable, especially if they're older, uh, the, the real reason is something underlying like sepsis that's causing their atrial fibrillation to go off the line. So... Uh, mainly uh, avoided if we don't know the duration. And presumably it's best to be treating the underlying condition in those cases, is that right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what we should do. That's if we, if it's sinus or if it's a multifocal atrial uh, uh, arrhythmia or if it's a rapid atrial fibrillation with an underlying cause, treating the underlying cause is going to fix our instability and is going to uh, fix our uh, dysmythmia as well. What are the risks associated with cardioversion? What would what should the the practitioner be preparing for in the event of of something going wrong? Uh, well, uh, what uh, we, when we are cardioverting, um, even with drugs or electrical cardioversion, actually we might cause another dysrhythmia. So uh, we might go into uh, ventricular uh, fibrillation or in, in a, or in a non-perfusion rhythm. So we actually want to be ready. If we're going to pharmacological, we want to be ready to go uh, electrical. And uh, in case we go into non-perfusion rhythm, we, we have to be ready to start CPR or to defibrillate. So that's why we're from in the from the beginning we are in a, a resuscitation area. Eleni, you mentioned there the possibility of chemical cardioversion. And what sorts of rhythms and what sorts of patients is chemical cardioversion possible? So um, we are uh, always talking, considering uh, chemical cardioversion in uh, stable patients, and um, the kind of dysrhythmias that is uh, usually go very well with chemical cardioversion is actually the supraventricular tachy tachyarrhythmias, especially in young patients. 
And uh, in, in the case that we first, of course, try all the, the vagal maneuvers and the uh, valsalvas and modified valsalvas, and in case those don't work, these patients usually hold on very well. They, they, they will rarely need uh, electricity. And uh, adenosine, which we use in these cases, is a, a very short-acting drug that is rather safe. Um, uh, so... Um, if we explain to them uh, that it's just a, a, a bad feeling when when adenosine gets through, that it's it's it feels like you're dying. <laughs> so they they if they accept that feeling, which is not that terrible when they do it, well then that's the case. Usually, superbent SVTs. Finally, Eleni, in patients who electrical therapy doesn't work, what are the sorts of things you'd be thinking about and how would you go about managing those patients? Well, it depends. Uh, I, if, uh, if I'm not sure about the rhythm, or, uh, then I would definitely have to consider and always have to consider if uh, electrical cardiovasion is failing and uh, I'm not sure about the rhythm, we would have to consider that it's a different etiology. So we go to the uh, uh, toxic and metabolic causes. If we haven't already checked them, then that's the time to 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 check them because uh, it could be a toxicity from uh, uh, triscyclic uh, antidepressants, uh, which uh, would not work, electricity will not work. Uh, it could be hyperkalemia, although we should have seen that by now. But anyway, it, it, it or, or think thought about it. So we would probably uh, want to use uh, the antidotes or the special treatment on these cases and not electricity because it's not going to work. Eleni, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your thoughts on cardioversion. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Get access to all our podcast interviews, as well as hundreds of modules, journal reviews, quizzes and articles by downloading our free app. Search for My Osler wherever you get your apps or visit our website at oslercommunity.com.